Hello and welcome to Nerd Girl Musings Podcast. My name is Jen and I'm so glad you're here. It is April, it is spring here in Wisconsin. I've got birds singing out my window. It's fantastic. So I decided to watch a movie that I purchased a long time ago and never actually watched it. Um, Don't ask me why, but... um, So today we're going to talk about The Greatest Showman. And I realize I'm a little late to the game with this one because it has been out for a while. But like I said, I bought it and... I just never, I never watched it. And I'm not sure why, really, Uh, if it was something that I deep down knew I was going to enjoy or wasn't sure if I was going to like, so I was scared to to watch it. I don't know. Um, So over this pandemic, I have gotten into being an observer on TikTok. I I really enjoy a lot of the videos on TikTok. And um, there's this one person that I follow, and she uses... Uh, one of the songs as something um, that she responds to quite frequently. So I kind of liked it. It had a good hook to it. And so I I was curious. And the other day I had some time. And uh, so I thought, you know what, let's let's go ahead and, and watch it. Um, I think since Friday now, today's Tuesday, I've probably watched it four or five times. Um, the soundtrack has been on constant every moment for me. Uh, it's it's good. I I was blown away. And the what I like to do, and you guys know this um, if you've listened to me for a while, is as I really like to dive into the behind the scenes and the extras and and the additional bits and things that you didn't necessarily know about. So, of course, that was what I did with this because there are some fantastic extras included if you um, purchase it through iTunes. And um, so I've I've got a few a few things that I I'll uh, go over that I discovered while watching this, um, things that I found interesting, and then just the movie in general. So. I think there's 10, 11 official songs or numbers within the musical. And my top four, if I had to pick just four, don't ask me to go to three because I can't, I can't uh, eliminate one of them because I love them all. But um, This Is Me would be probably my number one hands down favorite, followed by From Now On. And then rewrite the stars and the greatest show. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to pick top three because I love them all so much, and it it uh, it hurts me to to try to pick out of those. But um, for me, the process of how do they how do they create these songs? How do they create this environment? I, I the whole idea of filmmaking, and you know, and then if you add in the the element of making it a musical as well, I think is just fascinating to me. And, and the writing of the music process, the writing of the movie, the shooting, um, you know, like my dream would be to be able to work on a movie set and not as an actor, that uh, that's not my gig. Um, but all the other things that happen to make this movie happen, that, that to me is fascinating stuff. But um, they... 
the the process to make this movie slash musical is unbelievable to me. Um, apparently, it started in 2009 when Hugh Jackman hosted the Oscars, and the guy that was directing the Oscars, um, you know, afterwards, Hugh had said something to him like, oh, hey, I would love to work with you in the future. And uh, and the director was like, yeah, that's that's what people say at the rap party, but it never really happens. And Hugh Jackman actually found um, or heard about the script for The Greatest Showman and and he approached Michael for the director and, and they kind of got it rolling at that point. So that's 2009. It took them over seven years to be able to make this movie and craft it and create it. And something seemed like they happened so last minute when you actually hear all the um, all the behind the scenes stuff, but uh, it it takes place in the 1800s when P.T. Barnum was around, um, and they wanted something that sort of shows the period, but also has a contemporary touch to it. Um, and they had made a comment about nobody wears brown in the movie because that's quite often associated with these period pieces and and so they decided to right away nobody wearing brown everybody's wearing color and bright um and they uh, the guys that that wrote all the music they had never done anything like this before they had never done a film they had never um they're both theater guys and extremely talented but um they just, they had not done this before. And so they were pretty sure that they could do it. And um, they had pitched it to the director a couple of times. And um, it was one of those things where they, they were able to sell their abilities, I think. And the director believed in them. And so they started having these conversations back and forth and crafting. Um, it really went one song at a time. And that to me is where it, it's so magical how that happens, just like a, a composer for a, for a movie, you know, how they can hear those things in their head and, and it pops out and it becomes this amazing thing. And of course, we know it's amazing at the end, but the process to get there was long and grueling and um, took them a long time to get there. Um, they do not use any CGI in this movie. Uh, that was something that the director had wanted to, he said it it's too fake and it, it kind of ruins the entire experience. They use a lot of 3D printing and things, but um, they do not use CGI. And like I said before, the, the movie itself is amazing, but the magic is hidden in the extras. So if you haven't seen it, I would recommend watching it first. But anyway, the short synopsis would be, you know, we've got, um, it, it starts out in the middle of the circus and then we kind of go back in time and we see what P.T. Barnum was like as a kid, um, poor growing up when he grew up and um, his father ends up passing away and so he's, he's on his own, he's orphaned, uh, starving, he's trying to steal bread to live and, and someone helps him and gives him an apple. And uh, 
eventually the way the movie makes it seem is that he eventually joins something with the uh, on the railroad and that's how he sort of gets gets started in life and starts to build his life and he eventually comes back for um for the love of his life and and they start creating a family and loses a job but then in the process gets an idea you know part of his million dreams and he creates this museum, which then turns into a circus, thanks to some crafty words by a reporter. And he creates this family with the oddities, is what they're called. And the you can tell that he's the only one that ever believed in them, and they're in it together. And so I, I love when they come together as a group and, and sort of how he builds up this, this motley crew. And when, when things start going really good, he, P.T. Barnum continues to chase that spotlight, the cheers, the recognition. He continues to look for those things. And at a moment when he loses everything, the ones that are there for him, are his oddities that have always been there. And he realizes his mistake and kind of where he went wrong and he rebuilds and they come to back together stronger than before. And so it, I just think it's got kind of a good, a good message as far as that stuff goes. But if you watch the extras, um, so I had said my number one song, my absolute favorite is this is me. And it's sung by Kiala Settle, who is this amazing voice. I mean, she is just wow. And so they, uh, I, I don't know how these movies and musicals and things work. It sounds like it takes, you know, obviously in this case, it took many years. But um, she had said in an interview that she was singing in the choir for two and a half years. They were, um, you know, because they're testing how things sound and maybe um, how different songs sound or what. Um, and she's very introverted. And so for her, she's always behind the scenes and that's kind of how she likes it. Well, they, um, they needed to go pitch the movie to the head of the studio. And the director had asked the two writer guys for this, this song. He said, I, we need a song to pitch. And they asked Kiala to be the one to sing it. And at first she said no. Um, she, she didn't want to get out there and, and be the front and the face of this song. And, and they said, you know, please, this is what we want for you. Um, and the guys wrote the song on the airplane on the way to Los Angeles to go pitch this movie the next day. And they have a recording of what this meeting was like, and they call it a workshop. And the power in this workshop is unreal. So in the movie, it's a very strong and moving moment. And it's it, you can just feel them all coming together and kind of standing up and saying, you know what, here I am. I've got all these flaws. I have all these things that you see as different, but this is who I am. And take it or leave it, I'm not changing. Um, and to watch Kiala in this moment, she starts out behind a podium 
and, you know, kind of reserved um, with this powerful voice. And as it's building, you can just kind of feel it. And she sets the podium aside and steps out in front and she interacts with the rest of the choir that's there. And wow, it's, it is an unbelievable performance in that moment. And apparently um, the head of the studio had walked over to her and, and said, congratulations, you just booked your first movie because um, they gave him the green light. And I'm so glad that they had that on film, that they were able to record it. They did the same thing with Hugh Jackman, that they were uh, pitching something. And he had a, uh, a skin cancer growth that was removed. And his doctor told him, you know, you can't sing. Um, where he had this, uh, this workshop the very next day. And, um, and he was, he was sitting in there and they had, had somebody else singing his line. So that way they could say, you know, if this were Hugh Jackman singing, this is what it would sound like approximately. And, you know, just to give them an idea of what they're, what they're getting into. And he was doing the song from now on. And, uh, Hugh stands up and you could kind of see him mouthing the words a little bit. And then singing along a little bit. And then he just couldn't take it anymore and started singing. And the power. I mean, whoever thought Wolverine could sing that good, right? I mean, really, he's Hugh Jackman. He's Wolverine. And so to hear this amazing voice come belting out of him, uh, but to feel the the meaning behind it. And this is why I love music so much. And this movie made me think of um, maybe I'm some kind of a deep down um, theater geek. Maybe I really do like this stuff more than an occasional bystander. Um, and let me tell you, if if they did a musical in town and they said, hey, we're just looking for people to sing in the choir, I would totally jump in there. I would love that. It would be amazing. Um but anyway, so he sings the song with all the power that he possesses. And by the end of it, he tears his stitches out and his face is bleeding. And But they were able to continue to move forward. So uh, blood, sweat, and tears literally go into parts of, of this movie. Um, and another really interesting tidbit that by watching the movie, you could have never... You could have never told me that this was happening, but um, there's a song called Never Enough, and in the, in the movie, Rebecca Ferguson um, is playing her character, Jenny Lynn, and she's singing, and it looks to me like she is belting it out. I mean, the veins in her neck and the power that she looks like she's possessing it looks pretty amazing. Um, come to find out that wasn't actually her singing. She is the only one in the movie that um, her character is not the one actually singing the song. Uh, it was sung by Lauren Allred instead. And apparently what they did is uh, Rebecca Ferguson had heard Lauren's version and said, that's her voice. That's what, that's what needs to be in this movie. And so how they did it is they had Rebecca Ferguson sing the song 
and Lauren Allred would mimic her singing and how she sang it and her mannerisms and, and crafted this version. So what we see in the movie is Rebecca Ver- Ferguson uh, lip syncing to Lauren Allred pretending to be Rebecca singing, if you follow that. Um, and again, another very powerful, it, it really uh, parallels what's happening in the movie. Um, so never enough. I mean, really, what is enough? Um, chasing the spotlight, you know, do you know when enough is enough? So, like I said, I have seen this movie or listened to the soundtrack so many times over the last couple of days. Um, I don't know what took me so long to get here to finally watch it, uh, but loving it, loving it. And I have never been a Zac Efron fan, uh, especially, I think, well, I think mainly because he did Baywatch. Um, and I, so I don't really know what else he's done. I have never given him credit for anything, uh, but he can sing. He does a really good job. I think he's a great sidekick to Hugh Jackman, and I think it was a perfect choice um, for this movie. So that's really my two cents on The Greatest Showman. Great film. I can't wait to watch it again. Maybe I'll watch it this afternoon. And uh, it, go go watch it. Go sing along with it. And let me know, do you find yourself singing? So there's, there's a great um, video going around TikTok where it's like the first time watching Greatest Showman, you're just kind of sitting there watching. Second time watching it, you're nodding your head, you know, singing the words a little bit by the third time you are dancing and acting the whole thing on your own as well so tell me have you done this the same because that's what I've done but that's all I've got for today thanks for stopping on by make sure you head over to Instagram and say hello take care and be well